I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's right. It's Pearl Mania 500. We're back. The podcast that is a husband and wife duo who are just like an old slow cooker that your <laughs> Nana likes to bring to every oh potluck God. dinner. And what does she have inside it? Is it her famous jerked chicken? No, no. it's just a big steaming pot of lore. And what's she doing with that spot? Oh, no, she tripped on the dog and she spilled the hot lore on the dog. That's the Pearl Mania 500 podcast. You're listening to it. Oh Sit God. there. Take it in. Because here's our theme song, Mrs. P. Hey, you got anything else you want to say? I just love soup. There's a place where you can't stay when the world gets too insane. Yeah, when the world gets too inane, tune in to Pearlmania. So much. His name was Dusk. Honestly, can I say something? Yeah, the studio ahead. feels emptier without him oh, here. Oh, it does. It was incredible having uh, his name was Dusk live perform the opening. Yeah. No, it was great. And it was a really, really great episode. I'm really glad to all of our Patreons who uh, commented uh, on the Patreon about how much they enjoyed having him there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his name is Dusk is now paying $3 a month just so he can reply to your comments. <laughs> but you can also follow him on Instagram and other places. Uh, and always, as always, go to the show notes. I liked the part of the episode where we were just lightly bullying you. That was the entire episode. That was a fun time. That was the entire I liked episode. I having a teammate. That's good. Well, you don't have a teammate this no, t- this week. Instead, just alone. it's it's just the two of us. It's your week. Yep. It's your topic week. Uh huh. But I want to note something. Go ahead. This topic not voted on. 
No. No. And because we're going to put up a new voting topics for you yep. this week. Mm-hmm. We're going to be putting those up shortly. Yep. And uh, that is for all of our $5 team leads. Yeah, they get to vote. Yeah. And our $3 Hey Hun Patreons. As shout all, outs. All you guys know, you get your shout outs. But we're adding a new feature this week. Yep. Um, technically speaking, we're adding it. What the $3 Patreon will get you now is... An ad-free experience, because that's right, ladies and gentlemen, we have actually been turned on for ads. What's right? They're, we're real. We're, we're like a real podcast. They said that we could have ads. Yeah, they're like, we're going to put ads. I was like, oh, who are we getting? And they said, we're not telling we you. We don't know. We click Which a box. Which is incredible. It shoves it ads. We have no idea what the ads are in between the insane things we're saying. Yeah, so what, you, what you'll hear is if you're on Spotify, you're hearing ads before the show even starts. We don't know nothing about that. We have no control. We get no money for that. Yeah. If you're listening on any other service, mm-hmm. you will hear ads now before one of the bumpers or page turns plays. Ooh, page turns. Uh, we'll be like, we're going to cut away real quick and be right back. And it's going to play an ad for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just, if you don't like the ads... You can join the Patreon, and the Patreon gives you exclusive ad-free experience. Mm-hmm. You can listen to the podcast through Patreon ad-free. Uh, that's that's as much as we're going to do that for paywalling. We're not going to go back and put ads on old episodes. It no. did give me that option. I said, that's weird. No. And we're not going to paywall things uh, moving forward for old content. No. So we're playing around with a few different ways because, as you guys know, so we've been listening to this for a long time. Uh, you know, I don't I don't have a day job right now. <laughs> I've been working on this a lot. The, working on the podcast. And also on other things. Been doing the stand up again. Oh, uh, yep. Uh just doing a lot of really, really Going fun and getting things. The tee-hees live. Yeah, it's been an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. Interesting experience. Uh got to see got to see some weird stuff in Wilmington, Delaware last night. But that's just part of Wilmington, Delaware. Well, that is just that's you know, that's just the nature of when you're walking around Hunter Biden's Wilmington. Uh, but with that, we have some people we want to give some shout outs yeah, to. Yeah, hell yeah, let's go. Hey, huh? Let's meet our team leaders. So it would help if I actually had their names pulled up oh my already. God, you I have thought I one did. Job. I thought I am. One job. Okay. Well, you know what? As you guys can see, our marriage crumbling. crumbling. <laughs> Damn it. I wish we wouldn't have gotten the same word because it shows that we're actually on the same page. I know. We're like, for like a divorce couple, we're working we're really like super good at being I know. a divorce couple. Uh, all right. Up first. We have peanut butter and pickle sandwich. Okay, I yep, I could get down with that. Hang yep. on. This uh, the this name is Olvi. I was like yeah, Olvi. O L V I E. It's Olvi. like Olive, but also Olivia, but that, also Olvi. That was the thing is at first is I was like I think they spelled it wrong and then I saw it's very similar to their email mm. and I'm like so this is a choice. Yeah. Uh so thank hey, you. Hun. Thank you Olvi. This next person did send me a message. They wanted to change their name to Glitch McConnell. But then they found out the last episode, someone else already grabbed Glitch McConnell. It's such a good name, guys. It is. Uh, So let's. How would you do Glitch McConnell for Halloween? How would I do Glitch McConnell for Halloween? Mm -hmm. I would do. Who was the guy? A melty robot. No, I'm trying to think. Who was the guy with the fucking. The fake AI robot dude from the 80s? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. We watched the YouTube video about him. Oh, the guy who oh, was in like the new Coke commercials oh, and all that stuff. Shit, yeah. What the I fuck was his about. name? The, now it's gonna bother me forever. The blonde, um, oh my god. Now okay, dead air. 
So Keep anyway. talking. Oh, well, what am I supposed to talk about? I have about? to type in Max Headroom. Okay, so Max Headroom, but droopy like a turtle. I would do a Max Headroom. Yeah, a Max. But he would just be like, my name is Merch. Merch. That would be it. I think that would really scare the local children a little too much. That's kind of the idea. No, I don't think they're prepared for that. There's too many little Spider-Mans walking around outside during Halloween to see Glitch McConnell. I'm going to put a six and a half foot tall Mars Attacks alien in our walkway. I cannot co-sign the purchase of such a thing, sir. How about a 14 foot tall skeleton? Okay, I mean, but hear me see, out. See, see, but exactly. Hear me out. Exactly. Once hear it's not Mars attacks, hear we have out. people. You get the big skeleton and then you can dress it up for every holiday. Put a little Santa hat on it. Put a little Someone Easter already does that. On. Someone already does that. I know, but they live nearby. Like, I they not that nearby. Well, it's like seven miles. I ish. Mean, I feel like that's how far CVSs are away from each other. We could no, have the CVSs other are much closer together. Targets, targets are seven miles apart, right? That, I don't even know what the, I don't. Maybe it's Wawa's are seven miles apart. I feel like we have enough distance between the other giant skeleton family. Yeah, that we could be a giant skeleton family. Let's find out. Okay. All right. Uh, anyway, that person who wanted to be Glitch McConnell. Yeah, Reuben Hill. Hey, hun. After that, we have allegedly high hippie. Allegedly high hippie. Hey, I like hun. that a lot. Hit him with allegedly. the allegedly. Um, he also messaged, uh, or they also messaged and said, uh, I've been listening, I've been binge, binge listening to everything and yeah. now I'm out of episodes. And I was like, well, the whole, don't, don't wait. It's every Sunday. There's a new episode. <laughs> Great news. We're here. Uh, after that we have, I'm Lodi. Hey hun. After that we have hopeless geek mantic. Yep. Hey hun. I like that name. I'm That's a good name. I'm proud of you for getting that right. I am too. Uh, that was a, that was a fresh read. Ooh, I like this. It didn't even open a whole new tab because it's Ooh. a very long name. This name is Devin underscore 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 needs to listen. Devin underscore you need to listen. Uh, so here's the thing. This person messaged me uh-huh. and they said in their friend group, two of them listen to the podcast. Okay. A third person named Devin does not listen to the podcast. What? So what they like to do is learn facts from our podcast <laughs> yeah. and then have discussions in the group chat. Perfect. Without explaining context. <laughs> I love so, that so much. what what they said to me in the message was we recently blurted out Katy Perry was involved with Steve Jobs' cancer. <laughs> and then they did not explain it. So I am I am very happy. I so I am obsessed with that group chat right so now. So I'm going to give them another shout out on that one. Devin underscore 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 needs to listen. Hey, um, Thank you so much. The day Devin logs in is going to be a wild episode. <laughs> this next one, I'm glad I figured out how to do the echo on that. You ready okay, for it? I'm ready. You ready? This yeah, is a big one. I'm ready. Leah. <laughs> Hey, Leah. <laughs> Leah with an exclamation point. Love it. After that, we have Mitch McConnell stroke. The gift that keeps on giving. I'm glad that we're all just leaning Everyone in. is. Listen, the day that the man dies. The person leaning in the most is the Green Ripper. I'm not. <laughs> the grim, Green? The Grim Reaper. I'm not editing that. We're going to leave it in. Okay, great. The Green Ripper. <laughs> I don't know what happened. The Green Ripper. I had my own little personal stroke you while did. trying to speak. <laughs> all right. After that, we have Photon.pilot. Hey, on. After that, we have Jordan Satterwhite. Hey, hon. I like that. That's, That's a cool good name. name. That's a good name. I, you know what's funny? But when I was reading Satterwhite, I just kept thinking of Dave, Dave Matthews' band. What about them? Satterwhite. Except it's Satellite. Oh, I don't know. That's fine. You, I didn't listen to Dave Matthews. You didn't grow up in the suburbs. Fuck off. After that, we have Didn't they join Megan. <laughs> Megan. 
<laughs> Didn't they dump a bunch of poop on somebody? <laughs> they did by accident. It was they dumped a bunch of poop. The Dave Matthews band, I think, were driving over a bridge. Uh-huh. And I think it was a graded bridge. Mm-hmm. And their van, uh, the, their tour bus had an issue where it evacuated the uh, toilet. Okay. And it dumped it on a graded bridge as a boat was passing underneath it. So oh they God. spray. So the Dave Matthews band has not only audibly shit the air multiple times. Yeah. But they shit on a, an entire boat of people. Oh, man. Which I is pretty great. Sued. I feel like they pulled over and I, paid. I feel like that's like an instant like, <laughs> who wants a check? <laughs> Checks for well, everybody. You know what they say is one thing's, um, you know, hot air balloons. Yeah. Hot air balloons. They can't control what direction yeah, they're going on in. the list of things I'm never doing. Yeah, hot air balloons. Yeah. But one of the things, so they're, they're being chased by people on the ground. And when they come down, they land wherever they land. Yeah. You don't really have control over it because of the wind. And one of the things they always do is when they hop out, they always pop champagne and hand people glasses. Whoever okay. comes running up, they hand glasses to. Because the assumption being, whoever they're handing a glass to, if that's the property owner, that is payment <laughs> for being on their property because they have to bring in trucks and stuff to remove this big heavy basket, roll up the balloon, it might screw up the turf. Oh my all God. of those things. It's I like have no where, idea. Yeah, it's this weird handshake, like bullshit legal thing. Like you can fight it, but it's definitely like a, it's a layer. It's up there with like the way car washes have signs. So like if your uh, side mirror breaks, that's not on us. It's like, well, yeah. maybe you should turn down the I power. I had no idea the hot air balloon people. I knew they didn't have control, which is why I would never get in one. They can only go up or down. But they can't side to side. I, it's up I to didn't God. I realized that they were literally just landing wherever. Cause that I get so terrified mm-hmm. of people in open spaces. Yeah. And uh, nope, the people that live in open spaces don't like when you go to other open thing, spaces. I want to say the only thing I've ever wanted to do is like, I know we're like, hey, Alex, don't do hallucinogenic drugs ever mm-hmm. again. However, okay, Albuquerque, New Mexico. All right. They got a balloon fest. All right. You're not getting in the balloons. No, 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 no. I want to be on the ground. Yeah. On all the drugs. Okay. And look at the balloons. That's my bucket list item. Okay. Is watching like 200 hot air balloons take off. Like, cause it's like, I feel like that happens it's at 6 a.m. than Albuquerque. No, but it's the biggest one. It's oh, okay. the biggest one. And I'll be on like peyote or something. I don't know. I'm dying oh, wow. at this point. Okay. This it's is, years from now. This is getting dark. Maybe we should move on to the next Hey Hun. Oh, yeah, sure. Alyssa has a life. Alyssa, good for you, bud. <laughs> Alyssa. <laughs> hey, hon. Does, is your life where you want to go <laughs> to see a balloon show? Um, after that, we have Mrs. P underscore is underscore why I'm here. Book club rules. Yeah, let's go. That's a good name. Hey, hun. After that, we have Squirrel Chan. Squirrel. Is that like 4chan, but for squirrels? I, they said they sent in a message. They nuts. said they've had the name for a very. They're nuts. <laughs> After that, we have Village Sea Witch. Hey, hun. I like so many witches. Yep. Last week, we had witches. I'm a bog witch. Yep. After that, wait, wait a second. Did you just lose your spot? I did. I did lose it just for a second. Hold on. It was just a little, a little, little, little clicky. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was everybody? That was everybody. Oh my God, we did it. It's yeah. not that you lost your spot, it's that we completed our task. We completed it. I was looking at the wrong page. Oh, that is goodness. everyone for the week. Thank you all so much for supporting us. Yeah, guys. And this podcast. We so really we appreciate it. Really focus on getting the best stuff out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing if you listen to, to us right hey, now. Huh? 
Let's meet our team Alex leader. on peyote watching balloons. Well, that's kind of the plan. So, you know, that's that's been the intro. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a little commercial break. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I know. It's a weird feeling. I can't wait to listen to this podcast when it goes live and hear what commercials get stuck in our podcast. I- it would be odd. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get. We're gonna get yelled at. You know who it's gonna be. <laughs> I I guarantee. I have a feeling. Don't you say their name. Who? You know the ones. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, they could be. They could be worse. Help. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Pearl Mania, Pearl Mania, Pearl Mania, Pearl Mania. 500. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. It's my turn. It is your turn. I forgot to mention the P.O. box. Okay, it's All right. fine. Okay. Uh, so anyway, here's what happened. Okay. Okay. So, Oh, you want me to hit this no Nazi button? You should not hit that button. We're not hitting the no Nazi button? Do not hit that button. <laughs> okay, should I leave the allegedly button queued up? I don't think you need the allegedly button because everybody's super dead. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. But they are Nazis? I mean, we'll get there. Okay, so here's what happened. The last episode we I did was about Bragg's apple cider. Yes. A- and the weird deep dive hole I went down yes. in reverse from Katy Perry. <laughs> but then I read it to you the other way. Yeah. So what had happened was... Uh, while I was reading that, I we we talked about it on the podcast, but I got really obsessed with the idea of quackery. Yeah, <laughs> and like the idea of like there were people that were just like quacks, and then there was like the American Medical Medical Association trying to like get these quacks out of business, and so I started looking into who were the biggest quacks, and I found this guy, his name is John Romulus Brinkley. I am, hold on. What? You had me at Romulus. Okay, listen. That is amazing. John Romulus Brinkley. Okay. The first sentence of his Wikipedia page, I copy pasted the first sentence of his Wikipedia page and it says, John Romulus Brinkley was an American quack. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, bet, I'm looking into this. I'm, what I'm in, I'm going to deep can, dive into this man. Can I tell you, John Romulus Brinkley, mm-hmm. every time you say it, I keep thinking, John Jacob Jankelheimer Schmidt, except John Romulus Brinkley Schmidt. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Um, it just keeps... So here's one crazy thing before okay. I get started, is I actually got, well, we, we actually got an email or a comment on our, um, on the apple cider vinegar post. Yes. 
someone suggested it was Moss Way commented and they suggested that I do a deep dive on John R. Brinkley. So Moss Way, listen, you and I, we are on the same wavelength because I started this earlier. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Somebody else understands that I need to understand the quackery more. Yeah. So. So we're did. So this is officially now. I think we're pretty clear on saying now. Yeah. August. Quack month. <laughs> quack month. We're in quack month, guys. <laughs> it's quackery, y'all. Because last week I did a bunch of quackery. Yep. With mm-hmm. that crazy, with the uh, the 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 herbal teas and yeah. everything. That's all based in just a quack lot of, science. Yeah, a lot of quack science mixed quack in. Quack science. Because the thing is, and one thing to keep in mind for everybody about quackery is there is a hint of truth. There's that idea. It's like the um, not old wives' tales, but mm-hmm. like that that you know village logic. Yeah, you know don't well, eat don't eat apples found on the ground on Wednesdays. And I, you go, I okay. like what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and I agree to it in some extent. Yeah, but maybe not for this specific guy. No, no, I don't. And mean- when we get into it, you'll know why I'm putting a little prelude on that. Yeah, on what you're saying because this isn't this I- isn't don't eat apples from the ground. Okay. <laughs> This is gonna get real crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so okay. I'm. You know what? Let me just sit back. You I'm sit gonna, back. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lean oh, all the way wow. back. I'm gonna go here. If we ever start recording these, people are really gonna be in for a time. If people, if we ever actually, I mean, recording them like yeah with, with video cameras. If we ever did it with video, it would just be my feet. Oh no! Oh, free. We're not giving out free p- foot pecs. That's a whole different. No, Patreon. that'd be on the Patreon. <laughs> so okay. On feetfinder.com. Brinkley was born to John Richard Brinkley. Okay, so this is gonna be a little difficult for a minute. Because it's the dad being the same name. And they're all named John. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So I'm talking about his dad. Um, John Richard Brinkley was a poor mountain man who practiced medicine in North Carolina and served as a medic for the Confederate States Army during the American Civil War. Oh, so he's a piece of shit. Okay. Brinkley's seniors. The dad's first marriage was annulled because he was underage. Whoa. (laughs) He was too young. So his first marriage was annulled. Okay. After he reached adulthood, he married four more times. What? And outlived each of his young wives. Oh, that, <laughs> that's suspicious. Oh, that's very suspicious. Suspicious behavior. So John Sr.'s out here. First thing, so we already, if we, want, if we wanted to go with the uh, background bullshit psychiatrist, it's like, mm. well, so he got married super young yeah. to an older lady? I guess so. They didn't. I didn't. Okay. Wasn't able to find any back. So he was. He was. He was sexually active too early. Too early. And then he just kept marrying a series of younger women mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who mysteriously he keeps outliving. Yep. How many kids does he have? Does it say? There's a few. Okay. But um, so he outlived his each young each of his young wives. In 1870, at the age of 42, he married Sarah T. Mingus. Later, these names I know, Mingus. Mingus. Later, the 24 year old niece of Sarah Mingus moved into the house. Her name was Sarah Burnett. Okay, so we got two Sarahs now. Okay, the family called the wife Sally. So, like when they were in the household together, the wife was Sally to differentiate between the two Sarahs. Okay. Now, Sarah. Why not just call the one wife? Oh, my God. So and the S- other one could just be cousin. So, S- hot cousin. Sarah Burnett, who is the niece of Mingus, Sarah Burnett gave birth out of wedlock to John Romulus Brinkley um, in North Carolina, naming her son after his father and after Romulus, the mythical twin suckled by wolves. 
Yeah, the founder of Rome. I was going to ask, why not John Remus? Mm. Because Remus Remus died. Okay. Romulus killed Remus. Yep. According to the stories. So, yeah, the the niece had a baby out of wedlock with her aunt's husband. Yep. Okay. Okay, so this is the kind of guy John was, the dad. So John's just the uh, bastard son of a cousin fucker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Okay, mm-hmm. That's, that's all we need to know. Well, I, I feel like we needed some of that. Yeah, well, excuse me, sorry. He's the bastard son of a poor mountain doctor confederate veteran cousin fucker. There you go. Uh, black widower. Um, okay, so John, uh, Senior John Brinkley died when his, when uh, our guy was 10 years old. Okay. Good. <laughs> might be the best part of the story so far. Um, this old Confederate doctor walking around in the woods just banging and murdering young women. I mean, so young Brinkley attended a one-room log cabin school in the Tuskegee area um, held each year during three to four months of winter. So that was his main schooling. He had said uh, he wanted to be a doctor, like his father. Okay. That was his dream. Um, he did, in fact, become a telegrapher, and he moved to New York City to work with Western Union. That's okay. the same as being a doctor. Similar. <laughs> Very, Very similar. similar. Um, he returned home in 1906 when he found out Aunt Sally was unwell. So not his mom, Aunt Sally was unwell so his, he, his dad's actual mm-hmm. last wife so he went right. back to visit aunt sally and she died on december 25th 1906 so on christmas so christmas day mm-hmm, she's a drama queen she's here for the drama <laughs> she's like i'm aunt sally i'm gone listen i'm about to ruin christmas forever good on her <laughs> i listen there's like certain things where like when something ruins a special day and you can just kind of make it funny like, I don't know if they ever could do this with Aunt Sally. I feel like she might have had a sense of humor, honestly. Yeah. But like when I was younger, um, our pet dog died on my dad's birthday. Yeah. And not right away, but like a couple of years later, we were like, let's put a picture of the dog on the sheet cake for my dad's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it was the funniest fucking thing ever. Yeah. Well, you're, luckily your dad has a good dark sense of humor. Yeah. It's not my birthday anymore. Yeah. The day the dog died. Yeah. Because <laughs> he had to go out back and bury it. was the whole thing. On his birthday. On his birthday. Oh, God. Yeah. So, honestly, should I get a screen-sheeted cake made for the next birthday? Because I'm sure it's been long enough that he's forgotten that we ever did that. I don't think anyone would ever forget having to bury a dog on their own birthday. <laughs> then getting a cake with the dog. I, listen, back about, uh, about I want to say it was probably like 15 years ago, I had a day where I wanted to take, it was my birthday and I wanted to take off. Yeah. But I had just started a new job. Mm-hmm. And it was a door-to-door job type of thing. And oh. it was like, I just started it, so I couldn't get the day off. And up to that point, I was doing really, really good. Yeah. Really, really good. And that day, not only did it rain, I ra- I get like no no sales okay. whatsoever. So I'm just wet in the rain, mm-hmm. all this mm-hmm. stuff. I remember knocking on this one lady's, this one old lady's door and she's like, what do you want? I'm like, I just find I was, I was the, it was the very end of the shift. Yeah. And I just looked at her and she was just so old and I went, it's, it's just my birthday. <laughs> And she went, hold on. And she went to, she had this like stand in the middle of, I guess that's the foyer, like the front, the front hallway of her, this big house. And she walked over, pulled it open, pulled out a $5 bill (laughs) 
reached into another drawer, pulled out a card because she yeah. had. She was one of those old people who just had a grandma's doobie having and cards. she just handed me five dollars in a card, I love and that. she went happy birthday. <laughs> And I was just standing there wet. And for that day forward, I was like, I will never forget that particular birthday. Yeah. That was my 23rd birthday. Some random old lady. I love that for her. Yeah. I love that she stayed ready. She never knew when there was a party to be had. She was ready for it. All right. So Uncle so Aunt Sally dies. Dead. Yep. Um, while he was back home, okay, he was comforted by Sally Wyke, which is like he... he Another Sally? There's so many goddamn Sallys and Johns. Okay. Okay. So we're so, all Sarahs and Sallys. And we're Johns. all Sarahs, Sallys, and Johns here. All right. So this is a girl he grew up with, but she comes over to comfort him. You know. Anyway, they got married a year later, so she was very comforting. So he's like, "I miss my aunt Sally," and, she, and then Sally comes over, "Hey, Sally, I miss my Sally." You know, she brought Sally. a nice casserole, made some breakfast and dinner. Yeah. You know, and all he right. was like, "Bet." Um, okay, so they travel, they, they get married. Now, they start traveling around, posing as Quaker doctors together, giving rural towns a medicine show where they're um, hawking patented medicine that they made up. Wait, <laughs> wait, so, so, hold on. Yep. Wow. We went zero a, to 100. That was we went a zero to fucking 100. jump. When I did the one last week, uh-huh. that guy went to school, there was things that'd be done. There was a lot happened mm-hmm. before he started doing road shows. Nope. He's like, he's he was like, watched, Sally, you're beautiful. He watched his aunt Sally die, mm-hmm. met another Sally the same day. Yep. At the wake. Fucked her for a year, got married. Yep. And then was like, we're Quaker. We're fake Quakers now. You want to fake Quake with me? <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. So they're fake Quakers. So they're, and now are they in North qu- Carolina still? I, oh, man. Where they were in Tuskegee before, right? Yeah. yeah, North Carolina. Okay. So they're posing as fake Quakers, and which is so funny because if you've ever met a Quaker, like they're not like uh, most of our listeners haven't. Oh, okay. I want to be there's clear about that. There's a lot of them around. We're here. in Pennsylvania. Yeah, there's in, a lot of Quakers. We're in a very heavily Quaker area, which means by that I mean there's like maybe two percent of the entire population. Yeah, but they're known to just be like very like quiet, demure. Type, like they're just not like you wouldn't see they're them. not outgoing they're, they're not, not like out- hey i'm a quaker here yeah, like the idea of like doing a, a medicine show isn't get your essential oils here from the quakers no. coming down the street Quakers are like have you sat alone with your thoughts for an hour hmm. <laughs> like that's different we are, we're gonna sit quietly in a room till god moves one of us to speak yeah it's a different experience. So it's, I, it's like worst a, funeral I ever went to. It's funny that they don't know what Quakers are like, but they're selling this idea of Quakers. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Um, so the next thing they do is they move to Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, what a jump. Uh, where um, Brinkley played right hand man um, to selling virility tonics with a man named Dr. Burke. So he meets this guy in Tennessee. John named, Romulus meets, meets, meets Dr. Burke. Dr. Burke. Okay. And they start selling virility tonics Which together. is boner pills. Boner pills. Are any of them chewable? No. Like this week's sponsor. No, we haven't gotten them no. yet. No. One day. <laughs> One day. Blue chews my white whale. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay all right so this this telegraphing son of a confederate mm-hmm. veteran mm-hmm. Ma- poor mountain cousin fucker yep mm-hmm. telegraph man yep 
who banged a lady who had the same name as his aunt, yep. has now moved to Knoxville, Tennessee mm-hmm. to sell gas station dick pills. Yep, but they're tonics, so they're liquids. You got to drink them. Oh, okay. okay. So we're doing dick shots. Yeah, it's like the five-hour energies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Um, Get me some yellow jackets. So Brinkley- They still sell that same type of stuff. No, I'm saying like gas station dick pills and oh. all that stuff. This is basically, he is the man who is selling you everything next to a register at a mm. gas station right now. The gas station that's going to steal your credit card information because oh, totally. they have the scanner Yeah, there. there's definitely a scammer right on top of that um, fucker. So Brinkley and his wife moved to Chicago, and they have a daughter. The daughter's name is Wanda. They're, like, the name's Wanda, the daughter. Wanda? Wanda. Um, the n- Was she a fish? So now Brinkley decides he is going to enroll in medical college. Now he's going to be he's, a doctor? He's decided. He's waited so... He's been doing doctorate for years. No, listen. He's going to go to the Bennett Medical College, which is an unaccredited school with questionable curriculum focused on elect, el, eclectic medicines. Okay. All right. So he's going to be a chiropractor. <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like that's You just described a chiropractor. Oh. I'm glad it's not a legit school, though. He's not... Yeah. He's not pulling. If anything, this is a grifter. The grifter is thinking he's grifting the school, but the school is grifting him back. But in reality, it's just it's a it's like a shark the remora. School, the school is a pyramid scheme. Yeah, they're all pyramid mm-hmm. schemes. All right. So uh, while he was in school, I'm, I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think this is why the pyramid's on our dollar. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not Illuminati. It's not Illuminati. It's just that our whole entire society is it's built bu- on MLMs. Yep. That go way back. Way back. Way back. All right. Um, so while he was in school, he worked at Western Union as a telegrapher. Oh, my God. At night and attended classes during the day. Um, he can't help himself with Western Union. Okay. So the cost of school student debt started to mount from tuition, along with the cost of raising a fa- Wait, uh, family. But this is like 1912. So like the school was what? Like two potatoes and a grape? It was post-potato, for sure. Yeah, it's post-potato. Okay, post-potato. Anyway, I did find one incredible line in the in the like uh, information about him. Yeah. It said, debts mounted from tuition, the cost of raising a family, comma, and from Sally's self-centered whims. <laughs> Bitch, what? Who wrote this? <laughs> I either need... I want to know what Sally's whims were. I bet, I bet it's for this period. Historically? Like... For the rest of history, her whims are acknowledged as a reason for I, debt. Can I? This is like what, like 1914, right? We're, where where we're are we? In like no, 19. Oh, we're like 1910. 1910. Okay. Mm. Uh, I bet like her self-centered whims. It's like mm-hmm. probably too many gloves. Yeah, like it's it's a something hat. crazy. It's like she has like two she, hats. Uh, three is crazy. Whoa. Two makes sense. You have a Sunday hat and you have every other day. Yeah. But three hats? Unbelievable. What are you doing? Her self-centered whims. What? He has school debt. It... <laughs> so. We're over here like, we'll never, people are out here like, we'll never afford a house because of our school debt. Yeah. Sally's out here with glove money. She's got gloves. Ugh. One color to match her shoes. You know, the, you know they're just you know, fancy. I walked, listen, what? I'm not going to tell, we went around to their house to tea. Yeah. I happened to peep in their bedroom. Yeah. Sally on her nightstand. Okay. Two combs. Two. What are they doing? I don't know. He's a telegrapher. <laughs> <laughs> so um, while he was in school, 
Brinkley was introduced to the study of glandular extracts and their effects on the human system. I already don't like this. He determined that this new field would help move his career forward. So he immediately is like, glandular extracts? That's what I'm about. That's my branding right there. He was selling dick pills. After two years of study and ever deeper debts, Brinkley doubled his summer workload by taking two shifts at Western Union but came home one day to find his wife and daughter gone. Sally filed for divorce and child support, but after two months of payment, Brinkley kidnapped his daughter and fled to Canada. Whoa! (laughs) Sally, unable to obtain an extradition order from Canada, dismissed her suit for alimony and child support, allowing Brinkley to return to Chicago with the child. Wait, The what? couple reunited. What? Yeah. Wow, maybe her whims were self-centered. <laughs> this might be about more than just gloves, babe. That shit's crazy. He kidnapped Wait, his kid and he, ran to Canada. Yeah, he kidnapped his kid, ran to Canada. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, oh, fuck it. All right, whatever. Let's get back together. Yeah, I'm not going to get the alimony. So and he's just like, get back together. oh my God. Yeah. They deserve each other. <laughs> In 1911, um, before Brinkley was finished his third year of studies, Sally left him again. But she was pregnant and bore him another daughter. This one's name is Erna. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry to anyone named Erna. But There's Erna. There's no one named Erna out there. Erna. Erna. Oh, God. She gave birth to a grandmother. <laughs> she looked at a beautiful little baby and was like, Erna. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I, you know what? I hope Erna never moves to Baltimore. They'd never be able to pronounce her name. <laughs> Erna. 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 Just, That's such a specific. Erna. 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 such a specific joke for a specific group of people yeah <laughs> okay if you guys hold on for our listeners i gotta explain it there is look up a video of these three it was like five guys in baltimore trying to pronounce the sentence aaron earned an iron urn it's and incredible. it's incredible it's they have these thick baltimore accents and they're just <laughs> the going, one dude just going urn yeah, and the guy's like you didn't you just said the same word four times and the guy's like no i didn't i said it different and he, <laughs> it's, so it's incredible yeah. it's the greatest it's and it's, it's top tier it happens you know um okay so okay wait she leaves but she's pregnant urn is born um, Did she give Erna back to John Romulus? No. So Brinkley, in the middle of all this, leaves Chicago to run away from his unpaid tuition bills <gasps> and returns to North Carolina because that's where Sally went. She went to North Carolina. She went back to North Carolina with the yeah. kids. He leaves Chicago because he wants to get away from tuition, but he's saying it's because he wants to get his family back together. Okay. But so, this is also back at a time credit reports didn't exist. No. You barely had anything across state lines. Mm-hmm. So if you just wanted to just leave debt, you could. Yeah. Like now you can't do that. You could move two towns away and for, do a whole new life. Yeah. Um, so he began working as an undergraduate physician, in air quotes. That's what he named himself, an undergraduate physician. Okay. But he failed to establish himself. He moved his family around to different towns in Florida and North Carolina Packing up and going around all the time, right? So he's just keeps trying to, <laughs> and he like, keeps make showing up places happen. and being like, "I'm an unlicensed doctor," and everyone's like, "No, thank you." Okay, no um, thanks. Yeah, that's. But I almost finished. Um, <laughs> I was in, so close in 1912. I was just allergic to perm. 
<laughs> wow. What? <laughs> what? Oh, wow. I'm going to keep moving on because I have a lot of notes. Yeah. But I will come back to that later. Uh huh. Okay. So Brinkley left his family again in 1912 to try to get back into his education. This time he went to St. Louis, Missouri. Now, he was unable to pay the Bennett Medical College tuition he owed them. So the St. Louis, Missouri school refused. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I got that mixed up. So the St. Louis, Missouri school said, "Okay, you can come to our school, but we need your records. And Bennett Medical School refused to forward his scholastic records because he had all that unpaid those all that debt. Yeah. Okay. So then instead of doing that, he just he says, I'm not doing St. Louis, Missouri anymore. He bought a certificate from a shady diploma mill known as the Kansas City Eclectic Medical University and returned home. So he just bought a certificate. You know what? If I'm ever at a doctor's office and his his doctorate says eclectic on it. Yeah. I'm leaving. Immediately gone. The eclectic. Man, okay. Uh, on February 11th of 1913, his third daughter, Naomi. Hi, Naomi was born. They must have the craziest fight sex. That's <laughs> the only thing I can figure. Because like I keep thinking that they are done. Yeah. No. Nope. And more kids keep showing yep. up. Um, the family of five immediately moved to New York City. And then back to Chicago. Oh, my God. When Brinkley refused to give up his goal of being a doctor, Sally left him this final time, taking the three daughters back to North Carolina. Okay. Okay, so she's had enough of his dream to be a doctor. Are they taking trains everywhere? I'm just trying to think of like... I can't even imagine how they are traveling this much. Because like cars aren't as big yet. With babies? Yeah. Oh, God. And like they don't have rolly bags. Oh my God. Can you? Yeah, they have just, trunks. They have trunks. Ugh. Everywhere they're going is trunks Ugh. and carts. I can't. Okay. Um, meanwhile, they don't have to worry about not fitting their package in the carry on thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not taking Frontier Airlines, <laughs> so it's fine. Um, Anything that isn't Frontier Airlines is actually a step up. So Brinkley moves to South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, I've been there. Gross. And he opens a business with a man named James Crawford. Okay. They open a shop called the Greenville Electromedic Doctors. What a name. The Greenville Electromedic Doctors. Wait, can I guess? No, no, just can wait I, one okay. minute. And placed advertisements around town to attract men who were concerned about their manly vigor. They injected color water into their patients at $25 a shot, which with the math is $800 currently. Telling them it was Salvarsian, which I looked it up, is a medicine that's used to cure syphilis that contains arsenic. Um, in quotes, electric medicine from Germany is how they advertised it. After two months, the partners hurriedly left town with unpaid rent, utility bills, and debts for clothing and pharmaceutical supplies. The local newspaper reported that the duo left about 30 to 40 local merchants with unpaid checks. They ran away to Memphis, Tennessee. Wow. <laughs> so they, I thought mm -hmm. that electricity would be involved in some way in this. Turns out it isn't. No. They just have food dye in some water mm -hmm. and they're stabbing dudes with old needles. Yep. Yelling, I'm a doctor and this will give you boners again. Yep. 
So why did he even go to fake medical school? That's the part that doesn't make sense to me. He wasted so much time at fake medical school if he's just going to go right back to the dick grift again. Well, like, did he know it was fake? Like, kind of, like, those... Remember those colleges that... Are they still around, those, like, colleges you could go to, but then it turns out they weren't really accredited? Oh, like University of Phoenix Online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, people will fall for that because they just are so desperate to get out of yeah. that situation. Yeah, you know what? Because he didn't have the that lady who used to sing that... Uh... <gasps> oh, shit. Remember? Yes. Oh my Education God. It's in- connection. <laughs> yeah. Education connection. Listen. Yeah. Did you fall asleep on your couch? Yeah. You wake it up to that. Lady is it between? Is it between <laughs> one to six a.m. or weirdly eleven a.m. to two thirty? Yeah. Because why are you home? Yeah. You need to go to education connection. Go get a college so you can go get a real job. <laughs> so education for can, free. Oh my it's god. Education it's connection. connection. <laughs> yeah. We watched that commercial way too much. Yeah, I was home. Uh, <laughs> so anyone under thirty is like, "What the fuck are, are they, they talking, talking about? about?" Google it. You can find that video. Yeah, you it should... was a it, that song slapped. As Honestly, the kids say. it's weird. <laughs> it's one of those weird ones because the first time you hear it, you're like, "This is weird and off putting," and then the third time you hear it, it's like, "That's the bop." <laughs> you turn it and up, and she's in like low rise jeans. It's very two thousand four. Mm-hmm. It's in between the prices, right? Yeah, absolutely. It it definitely played on like one of those one like we had like you know my PHL. I was gonna say it's my PHL seventeen. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those like super local stations. Mm -hmm. The other part of it too is that it's it's very long before HD television ever showed up. (laughs) So every version of it is still in like an actual box. Crispy, crispy. It's crispy. It's in a box, so it's like a four by three. Mm -hmm. But also, it's giving. You're so 2008. Oh, I'm, this, too, I'm 2000 and late. Yeah, you know? exactly. It has that Fergie feel Fergalicious. to it. Yeah. Okay, so listen. The, now we're in Memphis, okay? Okay. We're in Memphis, and Brank, Brinkley meets a 21-year-old young lady named Minerva. <laughs> <laughs> Just took a sip of water. You uh, can't do this to me. Minerva. Minerva? She goes, she goes by Minnie. Minnie Why? Jones. What the fuck? Minnie Jones? Minnie Jones. Oh, what is this? Minerva. This is a fucking um, blues now album? She is a friend of Crawford. Who the, the fuck is Crawford? The guy that he ran away with, right? Oh, that's right. That's the businessman. Okay. They ran to Memphis together. They, he, They're best bros the in dick, corrupt business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, dick injections guy. Yeah. Okay. So she's a friend of... Crawford's. I'm Minnie Jones. And she's a daughter of a local physician. So she's got she's got physician clout. Okay. okay. Um So her dad's a real doctor? Yes. Her okay. dad's a real doctor. Okay. On August twenty third, nineteen thirteen, after four days of courtship, four Brinkley and Jones get married at the Peabody Hotel. Okay, that feels legal. Well, four days. And she's how old? Uh twenty one. And he's how old? When is he born? He was born oh, like 1870, right? I have lost track of his age at this point. But he already had three kids. Yeah, I know. I'm saying like he's, he's like, been around. Th- like, like I want to say he's in his late 30s now. Yeah, I think so. Because he was born in 1870? I guess. I really can't do the math on this. Okay. But I was when I saw the Peabody Hotel, when I was reading this, I was like, oh, I love the Peabody Hotel. Have you ever been there? I have not been there. It's really fun because they got a bunch of ducks in there. It's like a whole thing. So like... When you go to the Peabody Hotel, which is a beautiful hotel, it's like gorgeous inside. Uh huh. Um, they like twice a day. It's like a, in the morning and then late afternoon. 
a bunch of ducks walk through the lobby and get in the fountain and then like immediately kind of just like get up and leave and walk back out the front door and there's like a guy dressed up kind of like guard that like protects the ducks okay and so the history of it is that the guy who originally built the peabody hotel rich you know oil baron or some shit yeah yeah he was out hunting with his boys one day and they were wasted and they came back to the hotel to keep the party going of course and they thought it'd be so funny to put the decoy ducks in the fountain. The thing is, back then, they just used real ducks as decoy ducks. <laughs> they didn't have like oh, rubber okay. plastic yeah, yeah. ducks. So they filled the fountain with ducks because they just thought it was so funny. And then it just became like a tradition that the ducks got to stay. And now when you stay at the Peabody Hotel, they have like two duck parades. Wow. As part of That's like- a much different experience than I had in, in Memphis. Okay. When I went to Memphis, I stayed at a Super 8 mm-hmm. motel. Oh, okay. Uh, there was someone smoking crack in the stairwell. Well, yeah. And I couldn't sleep because uh, a series of people were getting the shit beat out of them <laughs> in the rooms around me. Yeah. Loudly. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, ah! I think I got like maybe two hours of sleep, and it was the I've never driven faster out of a town. Oh, Memphis was one of the most scary places I've ever such, been. It was scary, but I loved it. And I was, also the food there. Like when people talk shit on Philly, I was like, no, I've never been felt more in danger in my life than I was in Memphis. Oh. See, when I went to Nashville uh, earlier this year, I, everybody was like, oh, Nashville is the best. And I was like, it's Memphis. Memphis had better food. I did yeah. have great food there. Memphis. And the few things I did see, I was like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. But. I was by myself and I didn't quite know where I was. And this mm. was before Google Maps and like smartphones. Yeah. So I was just walking around with MapQuest directions. Oh my God, printed out. Yeah, I Six printed pages out. Like, stapled together. I, I just needed to know how to get back to the highway. <laughs> I was trying to get to Albuquerque, End New Mexico to look at these balloons. Oh my God. So anyway, um, here's the thing uh, Brinkley okay. is still married to Sally. So he's a bigamist now. <laughs> and Minnie. And John go on a honeymoon. Now, again, there's there's something, and I wish, you know, the thing about history is that they often don't take, write down the history of women, because I want to know more about Minnie. Because she, fe- I feel like based on some of her her behaviors, she is she has a some type of pushy personality that I want to get to explore. Yeah. Because Minnie got John to take her on a honeymoon, right? Uh-huh. And their honeymoon, they went to Kansas City, Denver, Pocatello, and Knoxville. <laughs> she was like, Jesus. we are honeymooning. Our hun- that's a four-stop honeymoon. Yeah, this is a honeymoon. She's like, we're taking a land cruise. Yeah, and like <laughs> also, like, there's no water in any of this. This is a bummer. Yeah. Anyway, Brinkley gets arrested in Knoxville. <laughs> All right. At the end of their honeymoon. Yep. And extradited to Greenville, where he is put in jail for practicing medicine without a license and writing bad checks. Oh, they uh, got him for that. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Brinkley told the sheriff that it was all Crawford's fault and gave the investigators enough information that they were able to arrest Crawford in Pocatello. The two former partners met again in jail. Oh, they put him in the same cell? They put him in the same jail, dude. Oh, that's <laughs> fucked up. After he totally fucking snitched. He's like, nah, it wasn't me, man. It was all Crawford. It fucking snitch. But like, he didn't get anything in writing to get him off. Like, he didn't even. No. He turned states without anything. And, and then he still ended up in jail, acro- sitting across from this dude. Ugh. Amazing. A South Carolina jail, no less, too. That's got to be a brutal jail. Woo, hot. Yeah. So Brinkley and Crawford decide to settle out of court with Greenville's merchants 
for a sum of seven, uh, several thousand dollars, most of which Crawford paid. Okay. Okay. Brinkley's new father-in-law, Minnie's dad, the actual doctor, paid Brinkley's bail, but only contributed $200 to his fraudulent debt settlements, mm. which $200 today would be $6,300. So still a bit much. Yeah. Um, Brinkley rejoined Minnie in Memphis, where she's been waiting for him. There in Memphis, Sally Brinkley shows the fuck up and confronts what? the couple. Okay. Informing Minnie that her husband is a bigamist. And they get into a huge fight, all three of them, obviously. But wait, didn't Sally leave John? Yeah. Okay. But she didn't want him to be happy about it. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you said that with a twinkle in your eye. That was weird how you said that. Um, so Minnie and John moved to Arkansas. Okay, they don't acknowledge that. They don't even Sally deal with shit. the Sally no. shit. They just They're run to Arkansas. Going to Arkansas. All okay. Right. Where he obtained an undergraduate license to practice medicine. Oh my in God. Air quotes. This um, dude. He starts advertising his specialty as the diseases of women and children. What? <laughs> he made little profit and ended up joining the Army Reserve Medical Corps. Oh my God. Mm hmm. He's so bad at medicine that he went and joined the army this late in life. (laughs) And then Uh how many people did he kill in the army? Uh, Because we're near World War I now. Listen, Brinkley accepted an offer to take over an office of another doctor. So this one doctor's moving and he's like, listen, buy my practice. And Brinkley's like, bet, I'm going to do it. So when he does this, he does begin to turn a profit. Okay, not a lot, but enough. How many people has he killed so far? So... Because of this um, office, medical office he's running, he's finally able to pay back the debt to Bennett Medical University for the, all that back tuition, okay? In October of 1914, the Brinkleys, mini Brinkley, moved to Kansas City where he enrolled in that city's eclectic medical university to finish out his last year of education so basically he just needs this fourth year and he paid off bennett so they'll transfer all the documents and he can get this last um thing okay okay after studying the irritations and enlargements of the prostate gland in elderly men and paying the university a hundred dollars which is like two grand um brinkley graduated on may 7th 1915 his diploma from Eclectic allowed him to practice medicine in eight states. Eight. While in Kansas City, Brinkley took a job as a doctor for the Swift & Company plant, patching minor wounds, studying animal psychology, physiology, sorry. And this is where Brinkley learned that there's this popular opinion that the healthiest animal slaughtered in the plant is always the goat. So when you're slaughtering animals, the cleanest, healthiest animal is always going to be the goat. And this is, I've known this because like, that's why like sometimes pigs aren't considered kosher because they're not clean. Yeah. yeah. And when you slaughter them, it's not a clean slaughter, but goats are considered a clean slaughter. So real quick, I did look it up just because I looked up his age. Yeah. So he was born in 1885. Mm -hmm. So right now he's 30. Okay. Because I thought- Living a life. Yeah. He's lived a fucking life. But I mean, he's had, he had those kids, he must have had those kids pretty young. Yeah. 
because you're talking like about his him. dad. Yeah, like his dad. Annulment young. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> but I mean, like this whole thing with his wife, that was all his 20s. Yeah. Everything with Sally was Sometimes in his 20s. Be wild so in it's, your just, 20s. it's just wild because I like to put those things in the. I also looked at a picture of him finally so I could see. Oh, yeah. Because you, know, you get a picture in your head of what yeah, these guys like. Is I'm starting to understand with these circle frames yeah. and everything. Like It's not good. No, but it's, it's like, okay, I can see now in 1910s, people mm-hmm. being like, yeah, he looks like a he looks like a doctor. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so listen. Okay. Minnie's upset about the bigamy shit still. <laughs> yeah, because so, he hasn't he hasn't gotten a proper divorce. A, so Minnie's telling him that they have to file for divorce. He has to file for divorce from Sally. So he does. Okay. He he officially files for divorce uh, in 1915 because Minnie is like you. I don't want to be part of a bigamist marriage, right? So to prevent the court from inquiring with Sally directly, he wrote that he had been married in New York City and did not know her current place of residence, which is North Carolina. The divorce was finalized four days later because they didn't contact Sally and Minnie and Brinkley got married again the next day. Okay. So... You know, still, it's not it's not a great way to go about divorce. It's not great, but I mean, like they aren't they aren't like a couple. Yeah, like that's the one thing that's weird. It's like they aren't a couple. Yeah, I know that a big part of this also is that he really doesn't want to pay child support or alimony. There it is. Uh, But also, like, and you know, Sally is just chewing, just chewing. She's just running around. She's like, he's gonna the day the paperwork comes in the mail. Um, okay, so it's nineteen seventy. But how do you divorce someone without them knowing? Like that's crazy. That's well, a, he went. Oh, he filed in New York. No, that's what I'm saying though. Like that's a wild way to do it. Like that. I, the, that I the just court would even that stamp he it. Knows this type of like loophole. Well, you know, you know what I mean. You know what's it, it's funny because I remember talking to a lawyer a long time ago, and uh, he told me that if we were we were ever get divorced, yeah, to do it in Erie, Pennsylvania. I know because it's the cheapest place it's to file. It's the cheapest place to file in we Pennsylvania. We both know that. Let's I shake know. hands on it. All right, That's Erie. where we'll file. It's like 800 bucks. <laughs> it costs like 500, I think. Oh, is it five? I think it's 500. It might have gone up. Okay. But yeah, Inflation. everywhere else, But everywhere else, there's like all these fees and mm-hmm. all this different stuff you have to do to get the paperwork cleared up. Yeah. And yeah. The barefoot lawyer in Delco told me that. Oh, the guy that yeah, yeah, works yeah. in the farmer's market. Mine was a random customer that I had <laughs> out here. And he was just like, he showed up. It was when I was working at this one bank. He showed up with like a specific amount of money in cash. Yeah. And he was like, that's how much it costs to get divorced in Erie. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And he like handed me this thing. And I was like, what? He's like, so this guy paid him to file the paperwork in, in Erie. Yeah, he paid him in cash. Perfect. And then he files the paperwork. And so he had to deposit it in his account to wire it yeah. oh to some other place. It was just craziness. I love that. Okay, so the he gets called to serve during World War One because because he's an army reservist. Oh, because he fucked up. Because he fucked up. Yeah. So, so now he's at war. So now he's so. However, he only served like maybe two months, and during that two months, he was sick and had a nervous breakdown and was discharged. <laughs> Yeah, because so they were like, oh, okay. He could okay. not handle it. Okay. Oh, little Romulus can't handle war. Um, Which also means he never went overseas. Yeah. He never got to France. He never did any of that stuff in World War One. He just, he was probably at like, he was probably at, what's that one? Because he was the army, right? So mm-hmm. he was probably at Pendleton Reservist Base or something and just puke it everywhere. So anyway, him and his wife, Minnie, him and Minnie, yep. find an advertisement for um, the town of Milford, Milford Kansas, advertising that they need a doctor. So they're like, we're moving to Milford, Kansas. Okay. Um, in 1918, Brinkley opened a 16-room clinic in Milford. 
And he became incredibly popular with the locals because he's paying good wages, invigorated the local economy. He would make house calls to patients um, and he was known to make house calls and be really good at helping people during the 1918 flu pandemic. Oh, okay. So there was the big outbreak and he was actually going to people's homes, helping people. Also, he was, like I said, paying good jobs. So like people of this town fucking loved him. So yeah. So like during their version of COVID, which is the Spanish yeah. flu, he was ke- he was keeping the whole town together. Exactly. And he went to great lengths to make sure that he could care for everybody. So he was a hero of, of this town. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> I just have a little note here. As recounted in the biography that Brinkley had commissioned. So, so he paid for his own biography? <laughs> he paid for his own biography. Um, he struck upon the idea of transplanting goat testicles into men when a patient came to ask him if he could fix someone who was sexually weak. Wait, hold on. You want me to read it again? No, wait, hold on. You Chekhov's goat testicled me earlier? When you were talking about the being the veterinarian uh, physiology, mm-hmm, you made a big mm-hmm. deal about goats versus pigs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was you. You hit me with the Chekhov's goat testicles. Mm-hmm, yeah, because you're like goats are clean. They're the happiest thing to die at the thing. They're strongest. Cleanest, they're the best. Cleanest. The cleanest. And so now, you've been setting this up slowly over time. This man is obsessed with selling dick pills. Mm-hmm. He goes to a bunch of fake medical schools. Yeah. And now he's taking goat balls and putting sewing them up inside of men's? Brinkley responded to this man, joking, that a patient would have no problem sexually if he had a pair of those buck goat glands in him. The patient then begged Brinkley to try this operation, which Brinkley did for $150. The patient's son later told the Kansas City Star that Brinkley had in fact offered to pay the patient handsomely if he'd go along with the experiment. So yes, he took goat glands and um, surgically implanted them into a man's testicles to help him get better boners. We're going to take a break. What do you mean? We're just getting started. We're going to take a break right here. We're just getting good. Uh, You know what's going to get good? What? These ads that are about to play (laughs) for the first time ever. Oh, hey, ad company. Anyway, goat testicles, am I right? I hope this is the episode Blue Chew listens to (laughs) as I beg them for sponsorship. (laughs) Our P.O. box is in the show notes if you want to send us stuff. Go ahead. You said we didn't have time. This is there's no time. All right, he sewed goat testicles okay, into so a man. At his clinic, he begins to perform more of these operations because he's claiming that they restore male virility and fertility to women through implanting the testicular glands of goats into his male patients. Um, he's charging seven hundred and fifty dollars per operation. That's eleven thousand dollars. What currently. the fuck? Um, following one of his operations, the body of a patient. Okay. So following the operation, the patients typically would absorb the goat tissue as foreign matter, right? So the body would just absorb it. Um, the goat gonads wouldn't engraft into the body. They were simply placed within the human male testicle sac or abdomen of ovary near their ovaries. 
So they would just like put them in there. So wait, so he's just putting goat balls mm-hmm. into people. Yes. And then they're just rotting and being absorbed into the body. They're being absorbed into the body or the body's rejecting them the way that it does. Like, yeah, yeah, like a bad a bad thing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But though. he's there it's very hard in this beginning portion to find any information about all the ones that went wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about how, oh, you know what? If the body just absorbed it, you're still getting the glandular effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, unsurprisingly, um, in light of his questionable medical training, you know, not completing uh, any reputable, me- reputable he medical He went to school. eclectic schools, babe. <laughs> babe, he went to eclectic schools. That's how he ended up. Um, and then he worked at a slaughterhouse, and he was a telegraph man, and he mm-hmm. threw up before going to a war that he never joined. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's eclectic. Yep, he was also known to frequently operate while intoxicated in less than sterile operating environments. So many patients suffered from infection and an undetermined number died. So this man Mm -hmm. is just walking around. We're in Kansas, right? Yep. This drunk man is just walking around Kansas going, I'm an undergrad doctorate. Let me sew some goat balls in you. $11,000, please. It'll make you dick hard. Yeah, you know what? This actually matches for what I've seen in Kansas. This sounds exactly mm-hmm. like the this sounds exactly like a parking lot at a Love's truck stop. Brinkley would be sued more than a dozen times for wrongful death between 1930 and 1941. Oh wow! Um, the 1920 uh, in 1920, a newspaper highlighted Billy in quotes the first gl- uh, goat gland baby. Which was a man who had gotten the surgery was yeah. able to get his wife pregnant, and they okay. named it. They named the son Billy is that after where, Billy Goats. Is that where Goat Boy comes from? No, but that, that these people named their son no the Billy. SNL character. Goat oh Boy. yes, yes, that's where he comes from. Okay. Um, soon after this, Brinkley opened up a shop. He scored um, advertising through newspapers, and. The wife of his first goat gland transplant patient giving birth to the baby boy was a big deal for the promotion. He started promoting that goat glands could cure 27 ailments, ranging from dementia to emphysema to flatulence. He started a direct mailing blitz and hired an advertising agent who helped um, him portray his treatments as turning hapless men into the ram that am with every lamb. That's the actual... The ram that am with every lamb. That was his slogan. Mm-hmm. The ram that am with every lamb. But lambs are children. I think that's the point. But it should be you? I don't know. <laughs> Ba-ram-you is how the saying goes from Babe Pig in the City. No, it's just from Babe One. So... This burst of publicity. Okay. Attracted- Let's not call it a burst. Oh, this burst. <laughs> Let's not call it a burst. This burst. He's out here sewing up rotting goat testicles into random men. Mm-hmm. And, and then, women. And, and w- the women part is crazy. Yeah. Um, the guy, they- honestly, honestly, the women part, I don't know why that bothers me more. I know that comes Because from- women are usually smarter. Yeah, but like with dude, Sorry. listen, a dude, a dude being like, I'll do anything, anything to get, get a boner, boner again. Yeah. I You're get like, that. Yeah, that's I what men will do. Completely understand listen. that. Okay, so anyway, the publicity attracted the attention of who? The American Medical Association. Of course. Which sent an agent to the clinic to investigate undercover. Oh. The agent. Imagine being that agent. <laughs> 
bitch. <laughs> I have a license let me, to thrill. Let me read you this next sentence and then imagine being this agent. The agent found a woman hobbling around Brinkley's clinic who had been given goat ovaries as a cure for spinal cord tumors. What? Yeah. Yep. So, from then on, Brinkley was on the AMA's radar, including catching the eye of a doctor who would eventually be responsible for his downfall, Morris, Dr. Morris Fishbein, who made his entire career exposing medical frauds. Now, when I heard about this person being responsible for his downfall, I was like, who is Morris Fishbein? I like somebody who has a goal, right? Yeah. So I looked him up and I was immediately on Team Morris when I found this quote. Again, so like on his wiki page, in his bio, one of the top quotes says, Fishbein is vilified in the chiropractic community (laughs) due to his principal role in founding and propagating the campaign to suppress and end chiropractic as a profession due to its basis on pseudoscientific practices and nothing. A hero. (laughs) Morris is my man. Dude, Dr. Morris Fishbein. Yo, listen. He said, quackery, no thanks. Okay, now real quick. (laughs) Let, I, I want to roll back on yeah. two things. Okay. Number one, yep. um, Jim Brewer mm-hmm. is the comedian I was thinking of yes. from SNL. Ironically, mm-hmm. Jim Brewer has gone full Trumpy now. Oh. And he's t- totally into like vaccine denial and all this stuff. Well. But he became famous playing a character called Goat Boy yep. on SNL, which is clearly derived from the story of John Romulus Brinkley. I like the idea of someone who got famous playing Goat Boy telling me about vaccines. Yes. Thanks, bud. Um, second thing, though, uh, mm-hmm. let's also dial back to this agent. Um, the agent walking in and seeing a woman stumbling around because she has spinal tumors mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, old John Romulus's answer was throw some goat balls in ovaries. Her. Yeah. They were the ovaries of the goats. Oh, the ovaries. They of the gave goats. the ladies the ovaries to, to cure oh, the spinal god. tumors. Oh my God. I don't. And these are just trusting people at mm-hmm, that point. They're mm-hmm. just like, sure doc, whatever you say. You say so doctor. Oh my this god. This will save my life. Oh, um, so this man's a monster. Yeah. At the same time, there are other doctors. I'm still going to have fun. Okay. But he's butchering people. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. And like when I was reading all about this specific portion, it was, it's very American horror story. It's very like grotesque. Well, because it's one of those things where we're having a fun, we're having like a fun wacky time. Mm -hmm. And then we happen to open one closet door and it's full of bones. Yeah. And like. Not really fun, gross. not spirit Halloween bones. No. This is like, oh, yeah, that's just the put- people I butchered. And you're like, oh. oh, no. And they had horrifying deaths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Horrifying, slow, agonizing Painful. deaths. And poverty, no doubt, because it costs $11,000. Yes. To get the- $11,000 of today's money. Yeah, yeah. of today's yeah. money. Um, so at the same time, this is actually kind of becoming popular. There are other doctors who are trying the same idea, gland transplantation. Yeah. So- there's another doctor who is trying to graft monkey testicles into men. Mm. And Brinkley shows up. He's like doing like a demonstrated technique in Chicago. So Brinkley goes to Chicago, but isn't allowed in the door. He is refused allowed to go in. Of the monkey ball place. Of the monkey ball place. Um, and, but there was like news media people outside and the press of him being denied access actually boosted his public public profile. Okay. Is that where the movie Monkey Bone comes from? No. Okay. In 1922, 
Brinkley traveled to Los Angeles at the invitation of Harry Chandler, owner of the Los Angeles Times, who challenged Brinkley to transplant goat testicles into one of his editors. What? The, the what? I if I my, challenge you if my to boss, shove something. If my boss came to me and said, "You're going to have this elective surgery for a, for an article," uh, no, what? So here's the thing, though. You're also a, this is back at a time when the newspapers were closer to the internet of today and mm-hmm. social media. So this is Buzzfeed. Not even Buzzfeed. No, I'm. Th- this is more the equivalent of somebody who has a YouTube channel. Mm. That's more like like today we treat newspapers because there's like the there's like the top ones like the L.A. Times, the New York Times, the Washington Post. All these different ones. We're like, these are reputable places. Mm-hmm. But there used to be a lot more newspapers. A lot of the shittier ones. I know. The shittier ones are now. The I'm, dollop I'm, has a fun series about it. It's my favorite. I know. I'm saying for the listeners, though. Oh. Um, you always have to remember that there's people listening to this who I know don't know everything. So I we're know. trying to lay a world for them. Listen. Um. No, you listen. No, it's my turn to talk. But I'm talking. It's my thing. Okay. Okay. So the opera- he said if the operation was a success... He would make a big deal in the newspapers about it, right? And he would write him up. But if it wasn't a success, he's going to lambast him and kill his career. So anyway, so the whole thing is a success, right? The editor doesn't die. Good job. And so then the um, newspaper writes about this, like, most famous surgeon in America. He's the best. Blah, blah, blah. This new goat gland thing is working out really well. And Hollywood people start reaching out. And they're like, oh, the other thing that I thought was crazy is remember how I said that the um, his medical license was only for eight states? Yeah. California wasn't one of them. So Chandler, the L.A. newspaper guy, pulled strings and got Brinkley a 30-day permit to do this medical operation. He got him a temp? He got him a 30-day temp doctor permit to do this surgery. Wait, there are temp permits? You I, get temp doctorships? This is suspicious at best. This is crazy. Um... Anyway, the, all the good press, more people, this time Hollywood film stars are really into it. And he is really excited because he's seeing the dollar signs in his eyes, right? Yeah. He's seeing L.A. money, not Kansas money anymore, okay? Um, however, he starts making plans. He's like, I'm going to open a clinic here. I'm moving mini out here. We're going to be L.A. people now. But hopes were immediately uh, crushed because the California Medical Board denied his application for a permanent license to practice medicine, having found his resume, in quotes, riddled with lies and discrepancy, (laughs) most of which were discovered and pointed out by Fishbein. Hell yeah. (laughs) Brinkley returned to Kansas undaunted and began to expand his clinic in Midford. Milford. I love that Fishbine is now his Elliot Ness. Yeah. He's always just on the edge of everything. Like, what are you trying to do there, bud? <laughs> trying to get bigger than Kansas? Uh-uh, <laughs> not in my watch. Not in Fishbine's world. I just picture Fishbine, like, highlighting, like, those yeah. crazy things. So, um... A na- Fishbine is like, oh, that's like a name that only, like, a comic book writer could come up with. So, one thing I also found, this is a thing that in L.A., Brinkley's um, surgery inspired the film industry term goat gland, which they don't use anymore. But the idea when they used to put the 
the the voice sequences into the talkies into the silent film yeah that grafting of voice into a silent film they called it goat glanding oh after brinkley's surgery because it got so popular in la yes that's kind of like an adr yeah yeah where they do the voiceovers later yeah yeah yeah. that's crazy um while in los angeles brinkley toured khj a radio station that chandler owned he immediately saw the power radio held as an advertising and marketing medium and resolved to build his own to promote his services. Oh, no. Even though at the time, advertising on public airways was very much discouraged. In 1923, he had enough capital oh, no. to build KFKB, which stands for Kansas First, Kansas Best, and sometimes known as Kansas Folks Know Best. Oh, no. The same year, the St. Louis Star published a scathing expose of of medical diploma mills. And in 1924, the Kansas City Journal followed suit, bringing unwelcome attention Brinkley's way. So, But now he's starting his own podcast network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He's starting his own radio station, Kansas First, Kansas Best. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, I don't like Kansas (laughs) First, because if you say Kansas First, then you usually also mean America First. Yep. Oh, no. In, I, now I'm beginning to feel why I couldn't hit that no Nazi button. In July 1924, a grand jury in San Francisco handed down 19 indictments to people responsible co- for conferring fake medical degrees. And for some doctors who received them, Brinkley was one of them, due mostly to his questionable application for a California medical license, that 30-day one. Yeah. So he was like, they probably, he probably would have flew under the radar if it wasn't for that 30-day weird one he got from the LA guy. Because he had to, he had to give him enough documentation to do it. Yeah. And they were like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, when agents from, when agents from California came to arrest Brinkley, the governor of Kansas, Jonathan Davis, refused to extradite him because he had made the state too much money. Oh, okay. Yeah, that feels a lot like what people thought um, DeSantis would do with Trump if mm-hmm. Trump decided, declared he didn't want to leave yeah. to go to New York or anything like that, where he would have been like, no, mm-hmm. you, you got, your federal agents can't come in here into Mar-a-Lago. Brinkley took to his radio station to crow about his victory over the American Medical Association and Fishbein, Uh-oh. who by this time had started giving speeches and writing articles for the Journal of American Medical Association, deriding Brinkley and his treatments as quackery. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Uh, his gland business made more money than ever, though, and he began attracting patients from around the globe. Okay. Brinkley spoke for hours on end each day on the radio. Wait, I have a question. Yes, go ahead. Um, here's the thing about mm-hmm. like, so he just like makes up this gland idea. He's like, I'll just, I'll show, I'll, I'll show some, some goat balls in you. Mm-hmm. And no other doctor in the world who's also a criminal scumbag wouldn't be like, oh, you just sew them right in. Like, he, he doesn't have like a special tact in the way he does them. He's just cutting people open, shoving goat balls in there, and stitching them back up. Mm-hmm. So like. I guess I mean I guess he must have like a good razzle dazzle on top of it to like make people believe he's doing it like extra spicy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like it's like if I could go get a burger anywhere, like a McDonald's burger isn't better than a Burger King burger. Like they're the same burger. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, if there was a deal, like if there was like some competition, yeah, in the market, I'm sure. Yeah. 
But he's really got the market cornered. That's what I mean. I'm just surprised no other grifter stepped up and like, I also do the goat I balls. I got goat balls. And the monkey ball guy showed up. But I mean, that was about it. And he he probably he slowed himself down because he wouldn't let Brinkley in. And yeah. then Brinkley stole the shine. Yeah. So Brinkley, like I was saying, he's on the radio all the time. While he's on the radio airwaves, he's primarily promoting his goat gland treatments. He shamed, cajoled, and appealed to men and women and their egos. So constantly talking about everyone's desire to be more sexually active. In between Brinkley's own advertisements, he also featured entertainment like military bands, French lessons, astrological forecasts, storytelling, and exotica such as native Hawaiian songs and American roots music and old-time string bands. Okay. And gospel and early country stuff too, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the advertising boost his radio station gave him was enormous. Okay. Yeah. The, and Milford, um, the town Milford benefited as well. So because Brinkley is making so much money, and like I said, in the very beginning, the town fucking loves this dude. Yeah. He paid for a new sewage system to be installed, new sidewalks to be installed, new electricity to be installed. He built a bandstand and apartments for his patients and employees, as well as a new post office to handle all of his mail. He was named an admirable by the Kansas Navy and sponsored a hometown baseball team called the Brinkley Goats. Okay, that's gross. (laughs) That last one got me. You were going to interrupt me, and I was like, I got to get this baseball name out before. Well, and I'm I'm literally sitting here in my in my. <laughs> I'm here in my Tennessee Dollies T-shirt. I know because Dolly Parton sponsors a a, a baseball team, a Sandlot baseball team. Well, Lake. Um, it's a Sandlot. It's grown men. Um, <laughs> but the uh, I'm sorry, you said in there mm-hmm. he's an admiral in the Kansas Navy. I know. Now Kansas mm-hmm. famously no water, landlocked, no water, not near the ocean. Yep, pretty sure barely has a lake. I think uh, I think they made it up so he could start calling himself the Admiral. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the baseball team they called the Brinkley Goats. Yeah, I get that one. I'm just going to bring it back again. I understand. I'm still calling him John Romulus because I think that's so much weirder. It reminds me of John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. He and has he a is... lot of Ralphio energy. Yeah, that's what I mean. So He's I just keep calling him John Romulus. Okay, so he still wants... He wants to be taken seriously as a doctor. Okay? I don't know why. He's sewing goat balls into people as they're dying. And part of that is he's like, I need credentials. Because he knows... Now everybody knows that the certificates aren't real because of the big lawsuits and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 1925, he travels to Europe searching for an honorary degree. Right? He's like any piece of paper, right? Yeah. He gets rebuffed by everybody <laughs> in the United Kingdom, blah, blah. Um, he found a willing university in Pavia, Italy which I'm probably saying that wrong. Okay. Um, it's pronounced Pavia. Pavia, Italy. Okay. So Pavia, Italy, there's this university. They agree to give him an honorary degree, right? Now, Max Thorak heard about the degree and pressured the Italian government to rescind it. Okay. Now, who's Max Thorak? That's Fishbein's former teacher. Shut up. There's like the whole network of Fishbine. Fishbine's watching you, dude. Eyes on you, dude. So Fishbine reaches out to his former teacher, Max Thorak, and gets him to pressure the Italian government to rescind this um, fake credential, right? Yeah. They're, there's kind of a bit of pushback. They don't want to do it. They're like, listen, this is a good promo for us. Yeah. Like, he's very famous, all this stuff. Yeah. 
Benito Mussolini himself revokes the degree. Wait, you telling me the fucking fascist dictator of Italy mm-hmm. steps in yep. and goes, we're not doing this. Do not give the piece of paper Rips to the gold up. ball man. Yeah. Brinkley claimed this. Um, he claimed he had it until the day he died. He said he had the credentials. He got the honorary degree. He claimed it forever, but Mussolini revoked it. You know what's funny? Mm-hmm. Mussolini, there's a famous picture of this one office he had mm-hmm. where they had, it was a giant form of fascist propaganda. Yeah. And it's his face. And behind it, it says, C, 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 which means yes. Yeah. And that was the whole thing. is yes to Benito. And it's like the fact that Benito Mussolini is like, no. Like, that's very <laughs> funny to me. He's like, I will do, listen, I will, race science, a lot of weird, fucking crazy shit. Yes. You want to sew what into who? No. Fuck off. No. Get out of here. No. No. Because also famously, Benito Mussolini, voracious lover. And so he was probably like, I don't need competition. He probably ah. actually believed it. He's probably like, no, if all these men get goat balls in them, then they'll yeah. be strong like Benito Mussolini. Yep. Nope. Yeah. No competition. Yep. So Fishbein, as we've all noticed at this point, is obsessed with getting Brinkley put out of business. I love right? Fishbein. I love Fishbein. He wrote all these articles for the AMA journals. The thing is, he would write all these things in the AMA journals, but the AMA journals mostly just go to doctors. Like you and I couldn't read these journals. These are for professionals only. So he's really preaching to the choir. Yeah. Right. So he's not making a lot of headway. However, Brinkley's got this radio station that everyone going into people's homes every day. So Fishpine's up against like he's up against a real hurdle, which which is an issue we have today with modern American media and stuff like that. You can get any lie. Mm-hmm. For free. Yep. Go to clownpenis.eagle and there there's something that will confirm confirm your bias. Yep. But if you want to get the actual information about what's happening for any story, you have to subscribe. You have to subscribe. You have to pay for something. There's always a fucking paywall yeah, in the way. If you want to read an actual research article by a journalist that went to college for it, yeah. you gotta pay that two dollar subscription to that newspaper. Which is uh, terrible. Ugh. Instead we should have rich people pay it for us. Yeah. Anyway, so Brinkley with their blood. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so Brinkley began claiming that his goat glands could also help male prostate problems Uh and expanded his business again. So now it's not just about boners. It's about you got prostate issues, my man? Yeah, you said before that he was like the 26 things. Yeah. He just basically at this point. I'm talking about like he's heavily going to start advertising this specific thing. Oh, you having problems waking up late at night having to pee weird? Get a goat ball in you. Goat ball. So he started a new radio segment on his radio channel called the Medical Question Box, where he would read listeners' medical complaints and questions over the air and suggest proprietary treatments. Goat balls. These treatments were only available at a network of pharmacies that were members of the, quote, Brinkley Pharmaceutical Association. These affiliated pharmacies sold Brinkley's over-the-counter medicines at a highly inflated rate and sent a portion of their profit back to Brinkley, and they kept the rest. It is estimated that this generated $14,000 in profit weekly for Brinkley. Weekly? Or about $12 million per year in current value. Which is pretty... like. That's Alex Jones level. Mm hmm. Because Alex Jones officially, I think they said it was 150 million in revenue that he was pulling in, uh, which, if you did the math on that for what today would be, like, that's crazy. So, 
reports of patients who took Brinkley's suggested treatments showing up sick at another other doctor's office began to grow. So people, pardon me, are listening to the radio station. They're hearing their questions answered, but then they're taking the treatments, getting sick, and then going to their local doctors. And then their doctors are reaching out and being like, listen, these people are getting really sick. Um, eventually, Merkin Co. Pharmaceuticals, whose medicines Brinkley routinely misprescribed, uh, Merck, you yeah, know Merck. Merck, yeah. Um, Major pharmaceutical company. requested that Fishbein take action. The AMA... The Mercs called in Fishbein? <laughs> the- Listen, when the Mercs are calling in Fishbein, you're done, bro. Yeah, no, actually, I got bad news. The AMA responded that they had no power over Brinkley. Uh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> They're like, Fishbein, isn't there anything you can do? Calling all Fishbeins! <laughs> calling all Fishbeins! Um, okay, so the Kansas City Star. Uh-huh. It's a newspaper. They also owned a radio station that competed with Brinkley's. They ran an unfavorable series of reports on him. Okay. Going against the competition. Um, In 1930, the Kansas Medical Board held a formal hearing to decide whether Brinkley's medical license should be revoked. Brinkley had signed death certificates for 42 people, many of whom were not sick when they showed up at his clinic. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It is unclear how many more Brinkley's patients have become ill or later died elsewhere. The medical board revoked his license, stating that Brinkley, in quotes, has performed an organized charlatanism. I can't even say that. Charlatanism. There it is. That was the quote. Six months after losing his medical license, the Federal Radio Commission refused to renew his station's broadcasting license. Oh, the FCC stepped in. Finding that Brinkley's broadcasts were mostly advertising, which violated the international treaties. Yeah. That he, bro- he also broadcasted, in quotes, obscene materials, and that his medical question box series was, quote, contrary to the public interest. <laughs> he sued the commission, but the courts upheld the revocation and KFKB Broadcasting Association versus the Federal Radio Commission became a landmark case in broadcasting law. Wow. Okay. Okay. Fishbine. Brinkley reacted to losing his medical license and broadcasting licenses by launching a bid to become the governor of Kansas. Wow. Okay. <laughs> a political position that would enable him to appoint his own members to the medical board, thus regain his right to practice medicine in the state. That's incredible. You know what's funny? I know we're talking about Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, but did you know uh, one state over? I think Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a they have a senator there who's mm-hmm. a doctor. Yeah, Doctor Rand Paul. Yep. Uh, and he actually formed his own board to uh, give himself his own doctorate. Yep. To pass his own uh, doctor exam. I wonder how that happened. Wonder where he got the idea. Oh, I wonder where he got the idea. He kicked off his candidacy just three days after he's lost his medical license, using his radio station to help his campaign. At his side was KFKB's biggest country music star, Roy Faulkner, who took to the stage with a guitar and hat in hand. A populist, Brinkley campaigned on a vague program of public works, a state lake in every county, free textbooks for public school children, and increased educational opportunities for blacks. That's the way he wrote it, not me. Yeah. Lower taxes and old age pensions. He appealed to the immigrant vote by putting German and Swedish speaking people on the air of KFKB. Brinkley enlisted a pilot with his own plane. Brinkley dubbed it the Romancer. 
to deliver him in grand style at his campaign rallies. In short, Brinkley was a master of the publicity stunt. Yep. Mm -hmm. When a prominent newspaper reporter ran an article critical of his qualifications to run a state, Brinkley um, mailed him a goat. Like a whole goat? Mm Mm-hmm. A live live, one. A live goat? (laughs) Yep. He mailed it to him. Um, In a 1930 gubernatorial campaign advertisement published by the Belleville Telescope, um, his campaign ad basically was touting his military service during World War I and decrying the loss of his medical license. It instructed voters explicitly on how to vote for the write-in candidate. Okay. His campaign was conducted in independent write-in campaign. Because he waited to declare his candidacy until September after all the ballots had already been printed. Yeah. Three days before the election, the Kansas Attorney General, the one who had prosecuted Brinkley before the medical board, announced that the rules surrounding writing candidates had changed and that the doctor's name could only be written in one specific way for the vote to count as J.R. Brinkley. As a writing candidate, he received more than 180,000 votes, 29% of the total vote. He lost to Harry Woodring, um, who would go on to serve in the cabinet of President uh, Roosevelt, FDR. An article published at the Times in, in the Des Moines Register estimated that between 30,000 and 50,000 ballots were disqualified because people wrote his name wrong. Okay. Woodring later admitted that these votes... Woodring later admitted that if those votes had counted, Brinkley would have won. Jesus. Um, Brinkley ran again in 1932 as an independent, receiving about 30% of the vote and lost to some Republican named Alf Landon. And I only wrote that down because the dude's name is Alf. Yeah. And I was like, I like Alf. But I don't. So this dude, his his plan nearly worked. Yeah, almost. But then the attorney general who was like, nah, fuck you, dude. I'll change the rules right now. Yeah. I can't imagine that this would ever happen today. Yeah. No way would this kind of thing happen today. No, I mean, like, that's why when I ran as a write-in candidate uh, in one of our local elections, like, mm-hmm. I, we had to, we printed specific ballots that we handed out that had my name spelled a very specific way. Yeah. Uh, because it had to match, you know, everyone who listens knows me with Alex Perlman, but my full name is Alexander. Yeah. And that's what is on going all the way to the, the people. So if I'm not actually on the ballot... They have to write what matches my voter registration and everything else back all the way back to the DMV in so, this really weird way. As obviously uh, his life is in shambles, <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs> things are not going well. No, he sells KFKB to an insurance company and decides he's going to move closer to the Mexican border. Okay, okay, because Sounds he great. wants to operate a high-powered radio station with impunity. Oh. Now, he kept the Milford Clinic open, okay? Yeah. Two of his protege doctors are running it. He's just not allowed to be there. Just sewing goat balls in people. He, they're doing it. Yeah. He's, he he's can, getting he money. Can, he can own the clinic. He, can he just can't paid. do the he operation. He can't do the operation. So yeah. he, the protégés are in charge now, yeah. but he's getting profit on profit, right? Yeah. Um, so he moves to Del Rio, Texas, just across from Mexico, very close. Yeah. Um, the next quote uh, said... Later in this decade, Brinkley becomes a Nazi sympathizer. Okay. That quote. Yep. There it is. He moves to Del Rio, Texas and becomes a Nazi sympathizer. Okay. 
Okay. Do you think? Do you think the move to Del Rio did it, I or do you think he just hated Fishbine that much? I think I just. <laughs> I think it might be the fact that Fishbine, <laughs> and he's like, wait, there's some other fellas they hate Fishbine too. What are their reasons? You know what? Doesn't matter. I'm their best friends. I sympathize with them completely. Oh, you guys are getting attacked by guys named Fishbine too? Yeah. Okay. So, what do you mean you guys like Benito Mussolini? Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy too. I don't like Benito Mussolini. <laughs> I'm going to sit down here in Mexico with all my fellow Nazi sympathizer friends. What um, the fuck? So the Mexican government yeah. really hates America. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. And they're upset because America passed all these rules about how radio frequencies are used. And when they were distributing certain radio frequencies, they didn't give Mexico any they just kept them all or sent them to Canada. Yeah. So Mexico was like, bet. They granted Brinkley a 50,000 watt radio license and construction on XER. That's what they called it, XER. And he started his new border blaster across the bridge from Del Rio. So he was living in Del Rio, but he built his new radio station in Mexico right across the border. And they called it XER. And Mexico, the country, was helping fund it because yeah. they fucking hated America so much for not giving them radio frequencies. Yeah. Um, as and this is AM radio, too, which yeah. actually has a larger uh, a larger area. So as construction got underway, Fishbine... And the U.S. State Department desperately searched for a way to shut Brinkley down. Okay? Fishbine's like, oh, no. (laughs) He's in Mexico. What are we going to do? Under heavy pressure from the State Department, the Mexican government halted construction on XER. But it was only temporary. It was just for show. Within weeks, construction resumed. And soon, two 300-foot towers were built. And he made the first broadcast in October of 1931. 31. Brinkley called it the sunshine station between the nations. Okay. Brinkley used his new border blaster to resume his campaign for governor by using the telephone to call his broadcast to the transmitter. This approach did not work and he lost yet another political campaign. Mm. He would lose again. He ran again. He lost again. Um, though Brinkley's American radio license had been revoked, XER's signal was so strong that it could still be heard in Kansas. Okay. And everywhere between there and Kansas. Yes. Yeah. Which just real quick, I just want to, uh, just hit Mexican radio. Radio. All right. That's enough. Okay. (laughs) I don't want to get the Um, thinking down. In 1932. The Mexican no. government allowed Brinkley to increase his wattage to 150,000 watts. Okay. Um, several months later, Brinkley was allowed to again increase it to 1 million watts, making XER far and away the most powerful radio station on the planet. On a clear night, it could be heard in Canada. According to accounts at the time, the signal was so strong, strong that it turned on car headlights made bed springs hum and caused broadcasts to bleed into telephone conversations. Locals living in Del Rio said that they'd never needed to turn the radio on because they could hear the station through their appliances and metal fences. Jesus. 
And this is also that time when you hear like people going crazy, but I can hear the radio in my teeth, like yeah. literally because they had metal, metal no, feelings. They could, they fucking they could, could actually hear they it. They could hear him And talking. it's this man screaming, put goat balls in you. And also, I want to be the governor of Kansas. Make me governor of Kansas, put goat testicles in you. And have you heard about this guy, Fishbine? Well, my buddy Adolf has a plan. Oh, no. Brinkley continued his old radio format of medical advice keyed to advertising products. Imagine being on a metal bed spring mattress and a man's <laughs> voice starts coming through your bed, <laughs> screaming, mm-hmm. you know what'll fix your weird dick? <laughs> <laughs> Male listeners were offered an array of expensive concoctions, which included mercury injections and pills. Oh no, that's somehow <laughs> worse. That is straight up poison. <laughs> This man is like, take poison in your body. (laughs) He called the mercury injection something else. There's a different name for it. But when I looked up the chemical, it was just mercury. Yeah. He was just selling mercury. Well, that's mercury. That mercury for a long time has been used by quack doctors to tell people that they would expand their life. Yeah. It would make them immortal. In fact, the first emperor of China Mm -hmm. famously went crazy because he was taking mercury pills. Yeah. Because he thought it would make him live forever, which made him so insane he tried to fight a river. Who would ever want to live forever? Okay, so mercury injections and the pills, all designed to help, you know, make their boners work. Yeah, this is all dick pills. This is what's crazy about it. Okay, so at the clinic in the hotel where he lived, okay, so he opened a small clinic in a hotel that he was living in. He performed prostate operations. He began selling airtime to other advertisers at $1,700 an hour. Oh, wow. Which is almost $30,000 now. Yeah. Giving rise to new hucksters, shilling products such as crazy water crystals, genuine simulated diamonds, life insurance, an array of religious paraphernalia, autographed pictures of Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I like that in all of that. pictures of Jesus no, Christ. No, I like that with crazy pi- uh, boner pills, mercury injections, water crystals, fake diamonds, uh, an autograph from Jesus, things that are not fucking real, life insurance. Yeah, because it's still bullshit. Like, it's bullshit, dude. Not yeah. real. Um, Brinkley continues having the radio line up with up and com- coming country stars. And he actually like launches famous country stars of the time. There's like Patsy Montana, Red Foley, Jimmy Rogers, the Carter family. Um, Del Rio in Texas becomes known as Hillbilly Hollywood because of him. Okay. Um, okay. So then the FRC, that's our... Yeah, Federal Radio The Our radio waves in America. Yeah, yeah. They banned what they call, in quotes, spooks. And so over the airway, you could not have mind readers, fortune tellers, or mystics. That's what their definition of, in quotes, spooks is. Okay. They were not allowed to be broadcast on US radio. So what happened was all of those mind readers and fortune tellers move to the U.S.-Mexico border to follow Brinkley's format and started buying their own little radio stations so that they could broadcast from Mexico. Oh, my God. So people did start to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, Brinkley is still going back and forth to, to Milford um, from Del Rio, and he's often broadcasting over the telephone. So he's calling from America to his radio station and it's going live okay in 1932 congress passed a law outlawing this practice known as the brinkley act 
Fucking Congress got together and we're like, we have to stop this guy. At least who does Fishbein know in Congress? That's what I want. <laughs> fucking know. everyone. Yo, Jesus. Unfazed, Brinkley began to use some of the first in air quotes electrical transcriptions, what today would be called pre-recordings, to circumvent the law. Okay. So he would just pre-record. Yeah. Um, around this time, Brinkley decided to sever the rest of his ties in Kansas, closing down his hospital and opening a new one in Del Rio which took up three floors of the Roswell Hotel where he lived with his wife. So okay. they were living in a hotel. Oh, I forgot all about Minnie. Yeah, Minnie's still here. Minnie's been here the whole time. Minnie's been living. You know what's crazy? Mm. That first wife. Yeah. Bet she feels like a real jerk right now, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> I bet she's like, he's doing what with goats? She's just a happy with her three daughters named but, but think of how many. But think of how many gloves and hats she could have. So many. Um... Also, they were they were living in the Roswell Hotel and they opened the clinic in the hotel. But the whole time they're like building this big mansion. There's like a big mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're living Del in a hotel. Yeah. And I looked it up because I want to see who lives there now. It's considered a historic site, which is so funny. It's a mm. historic site. And like some really rich people live there. It's worth like millions of dollars. It's so big. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, in 1934, Mexico. The house that goat balls built. Mexico revokes Brinkley's broadcasting license. Shut the fuck up. Where's it going to go now? The result of a pressure from the United States, soldiers from the Mexican army arrive at the station's doorstep to shut him down. Okay? Yo. Fishbein knows everyone. <laughs> Fishbein does know everyone. Yeah. Though Brinkley continues to perform the occasional goat gland transplant, in Texas, his practice shifts mostly to performing slightly modified uh, vasectomies and prostate rejuvenations, for which he charged about a grand per operation. Okay, again, 2100 today. um, And prescribed his own proprietary medicine for aftercare. His business, fueled by radio advertisements and speeches, continued to thrive, and he opened another clinic in San Juan, Texas, specializing in, guess what? The colon. Oh, he's, he's Enemas, moved on. Enemas, baby. Enemas. We're mm, in it. Mm. Enemas round two. By 1936, Brinkley has amassed enough wealth to build a mansion for himself and his wife on 16 acres of land. Okay? He had a stable of over a dozen Cadillacs, a greenhouse, a big fountain with a garden with 8,000 bushes, exotic animals imported from the Galapagos Islands, a swimming pool with a 10-foot diving tower. Okay. Um, he was living high in Del Rio until 1938. A rival doctor began cutting into Brinkley's business by offering similar procedures much more cheaply. Of course. We called it. Of course. Of course. Because it's all bullshit anyway. So why, listen, this guy's doing what? All right, I'll 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 knock a hundred bucks off it. Yeah, I'll do it for a hundred less. Oh, his, his, how much are you charging? A thousand dollars to put a goat ball in you? I'll do it for nine. Five hundred. Five hundred. I would have. I would have nine fifty. Half. I'd do nine fifty. See? I would just I'm going to get more bit. customers than you because I'm going to go even cheaper. No, I'm saying though, because I'm. That's, you're assuming there's now three of us yeah. in business. I'm just saying if it's one-on-one, yeah. I'm going to, whatever I'm the highest price is, I'm going to cut it I'm down. I'm going to be in a van down by the river. I'm <laughs> ruining your time. Cutting everybody's ankles out from them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Del Rio of- gets pissed because okay. there's competition in the goat ball market. Okay? Yeah, yeah. He goes to the city of Del Rio and he's like, you know how much I've done for you, right? Yeah. Like, I'm bringing all this economy, all these jobs, blah, blah. You need to put this guy out of business. So John Romulus is like, that guy's a quack. Yeah, exactly. And Del Rio, the city, 
refuses to put the competitor out of business. Yeah, because they're like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? What, what do we care? We're, we're the goat ball capital of the world now. Brinkley closed up shop and reopened in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. Okay, so this is the crazy part. The competition, that guy from Del Rio, he moved to Eureka Springs and opened up another clinic. So he followed him to Arkansas to open up another clinic. Gotcha. So incredible. Okay. Do you think that guy's actually just Fishbein? In 1938, Brinkley's old nemesis, Morris Fishbein, he's back, baby. Okay. Enters the picture again with a vengeance. I love Fishbein. (laughs) I got to put on Echo for this one. I'm obsessed with Fishbein. Um, He's the greatest man to ever live. Publishing a two-part series called Modern Medical Charlatans that included a thorough repudiation of Brinkley's checkered career as well as exposing his questionable medical credentials. Okay, so he writes this book, Modern Medical Charlatans. Okay. He calls out a lot of people in the book, but there's a heavy focus on Brinkley, right? So then, after the thesis gets published, Brinkley sues Fishbein for libel, okay? And $250,000 in damages, which is like $5 million current. The trial began on March 22nd, 1939, before Texas Texas judge J.R. McMillan. A few days later, the jury found for Fishbein, stating that Brinkley, in quotes, should be considered a charlatan and a quack in the ordinary, well-understood meaning of those words. Damn yeah! Fishbein wins. The jury verdict unleashed a barrage of lawsuits against Brinkley, by some estimates well over $3 million in total. Also around this time, the Internal Revenue Service shows up. Who doesn't fish by no? And they begin investigating him for what? Tax fraud. Fuck it. Yeah, you knew it. You know he was. Oh, you think he was paying taxes? <laughs> you think he moved to Mexico when he was working in Mexico paying taxes? Yeah, and dude, the Congress had to pass a law telling this man to fuck off twice. <laughs> um, FDR had to get involved. Okay, so the IRS starts, you know, investigating for tax fraud. And he declares bankruptcy in 1941. The same year... Impl- that World War II starts. <laughs> He's like... Ah. Um, the same year implementation of the North American Regional Broadcasting Agreement provided an avenue for the United States to get Mexico to shut down XE, the, yeah. the radio station. So now he has nothing. Um, soon after his bankruptcy, the heroes. Who doesn't fish by no? I know who he does know. The U.S. Post Office gets involved. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I miss these guys. The postal inspectors Honestly, are here, baby. Clap, I miss snaps. the old days. I miss the old days of <laughs> post cops just walloping these motherfuckers. Because this is what happens when you let these rich capitalists with FedEx and UPS mail people shit. They can mail them whatever. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you could you used to only be able to go through the USPS. And they got angry, aggressive postal service police yep. officers. And those men do not sleep. Their their marriages are all faulty. <laughs> they drink heavily and they pistol whip people. So I don't think we're a pro cop podcast. We're not. The we're not. A cab. A cab. All right. Yes. A cab. But, <laughs> but the postal you got to fuck up real bad to have postal cops at you because um, they know your address. <laughs> yo, what? Okay, so the post office uh, gets starts inv- investigating for mail fraud, okay? Because, again, he's mailing all these yeah. supposed medical things through the mail. 
Um, at this time, when the once the U.S. Post Office postal inspectors start uh, looking into him, investigating him, he's actually getting sick. He has three heart attacks with like concurrently. Okay, and then has to have one of his legs amputated due to poor circulation. Oh, on May get a goat heart on May twenty sixth of nineteen forty two, Brinkley dies. Oh, good, penniless. Hey. Uh, of heart failure in San Antonio. I love that. The mail fraud case um, never went to trial because he died. Um, and he was buried in Forest Hill Cemetery in Memphis, Tennessee, famously where Elvis is buried. Oh, okay. Um, in early 2017. Okay, so when obviously Minnie still loves him and she had like gone all out for his grave and there was like this big bronzed wing angel above like a huge uh, bronze angel on his um yeah. what's it called the thing his gravesite grave the stone Grave- yeah so he has a big angel up there right in 2017 it was cut off and stolen <laughs> Now, really? there was a big thing in 2017. There was a bu- bunch of robberies in Memphis cemeteries. But yeah, somebody clipped it and stole it and probably sold it for, you know, like copper piping. Oh, I can see it here. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. It was like a pillar. Yeah, it was huge. Oh, my God. The thing's massive. Um, And the last note I have is that, yeah, his mansion is still there in Del Rio. It's a Texas historic landmark. It's called the Brinkley Mansion. I uh, Let me just tell you something. Ahead, I lo- something. Oh, yeah, there's just a foot left. Yeah. I love the idea that some meth head stole the goat, the goat ball doctor's fucking yeah. angel and probably melted it down. Melted it down. And then sold it for more meth. Yeah. I As love that. As one does. Yeah. It's so that's everything. That, that's that it? Is, that is my story about John R. Brinkley. You hit me with a the lot. The quack. The, the quack king. But now yeah. I have a new, I think the real goat in this story Morris Fishbine. Yo, Morris. That's the thing. I am so like I don't know. I don't know if I can go down this hole anymore. But I am. I might have to get Morris's book and read. It's fireworks. I might have to read his whole book on the quackery because, like, who else did he talk about that I don't know? Yeah, I need to know who the other quacks were. Yeah, this is a pretty. This is honestly very impressive. Yeah, this is a very very impressive uh, episode, and uh, you did a very good job. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I had such a fun time because I'm, I'm just big into quackery right now. Yeah. Well, do you want to make the announcement for the people who uh, have stuck around this long for the episode about what we're going to do in the rest of this week? What are we doing for the rest of this week? Oh, I'm finishing up my book report for book club. Yeah. And it's a big one. It's a big one. It's a big one. Um, but I don't, I don't want to like commit to like how big it's going to be, but like it's, a lot of information. What we'll say is that there possibly this week, mm-hmm. sometime, yep, secret drop, yep, a Mrs. P's book club is coming down the pipe. Yeah, I'm working on it. Working hard. Working, working hard. hard out here. And then once I get this done, I got to read this guy's book. I got to read Fishbine's book. Yeah, I need to know. There's a lot of stuff in the works right now. Everybody, <laughs> it's what we're trying to say. So we are um, focusing so much, if not all of our energy, on this podcast, and yep. we're really excited about all the things. We're, we're really having to do. a. We're, honestly, we're really having a really great time with it, and it's been really, really cool. And uh, we've actually begun. So as you guys heard, his name was Dusk was on here. Mm-hmm. We are working on having uh, future guests on the show. And uh, we're also trying to make sure we have stuff in the can. So we've actually been recording episodes that you guys haven't heard yet. 
just in case of future emergencies or any of that type of stuff that's moving forward. So that way we can constantly bring you nothing but what? Content. Oh, I love content. Yes, that's what we do. We're just content manufacturers now. Yeah. Uh, But what we won't bring you is dick pills. Okay, that's Um, not true because if Blue Chew calls us, the first ad we're doing is for Blue Chew, which is what? Yeah. A dick pill. (laughs) Very true. So with that, Mrs. Morris Fishbine's coming after my ass. With that, uh, Mrs. Pearlmania, do you have any final thoughts or prayers? Um, no, but everybody have a great week. Okay. Yep. I know you're probably listening to this on Monday while you're at work. Have a good day at work. Yep. And if you didn't like the ads, subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> Tell us what the ads were. Yeah, please <laughs> put it on the Patreon. You can go on there. You can comment. Comment, comment what ads you got. Tell us we what you hear. Know. So we, uh, we, we enjoy hearing. <laughs> Honestly, every week we really do enjoy sitting down and reading all the comments. Oh, the comments are great. Yeah. So. Here we go. And at that, I'm going to play us out. Thanks, everybody.